Thank you for tuning into TJFJ. Thank God I follow Jesus with your hosts, Leah, Mike, and Joanne, the pastor of Soaring Diamonds. We want to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to deepen your walk with Christ and anchor your faith in the rock, the hope of our salvation. Last Sunday, we talked about identity. Who are we? And tonight we're continuing the topic of identity, but instead we're answering the question, who is God? Who is the God of the Bible? Is he a person? Is he a spirit? Is he three gods or one? Is he a far off idol that can't hear us? Or does he have a tangible presence? Uh, We're going to address it all tonight or at least scratch the surface. So let's get right into it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling. Wow. I like the way that she opened up, reminding us that last week we spoke about identity. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really powerful. I even listened to it myself because, you know, it's sometimes good to listen to what you're ministering and make sure that you are in the pocket. But um, I was blessed. And yeah, today we are continuing um, talking about identity and talking about who is God, who is the God of the Bible, because the reality of it is that when it comes to God, you know, like people say now, you know, God is whoever you, he is to you. Yeah. Like, uh, no, because some people worship, you know, literal statues. Some people, um, worship little, literal that things that have no power that are powerless, um, And that's not the God that created the world. So that word is not interchangeable. The God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, his name is Yahweh. Elohim. He goes by different names because there's different um, characters or aspects of his divinity, of his power, of who he is. Um, But it is not just interchangeable whoever i want god to be that therefore that's who god is so i think that is a great conversation it is um man you could go so many ways with this and i know that i started you know studying and just looking up the scriptures relating to the things that you know he was dropping in my spirit and then i just started thinking about all the things that i know that he is to me and like the scriptures the list just got Got longer and longer and longer. I said, at some point, we just have to rock with it. And then it, it, it became, I began to think about the conversation we were having about, you know, kind of like staying on topic. And I said, wow, this is going to be interesting because, yeah, we're talking about God, but there's so many different characteristics, yeah, so many details about who he is that it may be you know, a little bit, mm, let's say challenging, but I'm, I'm excited. Let's see what happens. Yeah. When I was, um, when I thought about the topic, I'm like, let's talk about identity and then lead people into who God is. So we can, we can discover who we are, um, a little bit of who we are. And then we can begin to talk about who God is because, you know, today's day and age, people want to define everything or redefine like like people are trying to redefine marriage. Marriage is between one man, one woman. It was ordained by God, and what God puts together, no man can separate. Nothing can separate. Um, and then the world today is trying to redefine a lot of things. What is a male? What is a female? What like things that that were already created by the Creator? When was um, life 
um, where does it really begin? Yeah, where does life begin? Like, we're doing so much work trying to undo what the creator has already established. That's the word. And so it's the same thing with God, except, except in the Bible, um, just like the, the other topics, who God is has been spoken about over and over and over again. So we begin to understand who we are by better understanding who God is. Amen. A lot of times we don't know who we are because we don't know who God is at all. We're just, we're shooting in the dark or we're taking the, our identity from somewhere else. And therefore, we're also giving God an identity that has nothing to do with who he is. That's a good point. Because it makes us feel better or we've learned it from somewhere. And the, and the truth of, it, of that is, is if we begin to try to redefine who God is to make ourselves feel better, we're going to actually make, miss out on the one true and living God. And it's going to bring confusion to the individual because you're trying to conjure up something that was never so. Right. Um, God knew from the very beginning, like we talked about last week, you know, he's a creator God. God is a creator and when he created us, he created us with a plan and a purpose. He was there in the beginning. We just came into being. Yeah. So how will we tell the creator what we're supposed to be? Yeah. So it is important that we get to know who he is. And it's interesting. We did who I am before who he is. But at least now that we talked about who, who, who we, we are, are, now we can see how they it, merge. Yeah, how it goes together, you know, where does that come from? And it has to do with the fact that, you know, who God is, is clear. He determines who we are based on who he is, and he is the creator. Who are we to change what the creator says? Um, but there's so many different scriptures that I would like to touch on. And, but we, and we are, we shouldn't. We shouldn't try to change what he has said. To Absolutely. fit our mold. Like the world is always changing. But the, the beauty of who God is, is that he's everlasting. So, and and we love to criticize, a lot of people love to criticize Bible believing Christians because it's like, how can that word from thousands of years ago fit for today? And the the that in actuality is when, when you need somebody to lean on, when you need help from somebody, you go to your most stable person in your in your in your life. Like let's say a college student who who's been partying, is having fun, their lights been changing a lot, they've been going through a lot of metamorphoses, a lot of things have been just been thrown at them, a lot of things have been changed, a lot of things um, hitting them like like a curveball. But then they call their parents because they know their parents are stable in their belief system. So when they need when they need someone or something to help them get back on track, they're not going to the thing that's shifting its character based on what's happening in society. And a lot of times we want God to shift his character based on what's happening in society. But the truth of the matter is when we need him at our deepest and darkest moments, we're we're super accepting that he is an everlasting God and that he has never changed and that we can count on his character to be the saving God that he was 2000 years ago and that he still is today. 
So a lot of times we want God to change based on what we're doing until we need him to be the God that he was yesterday and the God that he will be in eternity. And uh, um, um, two things. First, um, you said that, you know, uh, a college student may be able to depend on their parent because they know that what the parent stands on. So just for clarity, we're talking about a person that's a believer and that they depend on God. Yeah. Therefore, he, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, a, a young adult, a child, an adult that goes to another believer that is a Bible-believing believer knows that that person believes the God of the Bible that's the same again yesterday, today, today. and forever. There isn't going to be a changing. It's not going to be how that individual felt today. You know, it's like we were talking about today. A lot of times um, we forget who God is and we revert back to what we were prior to coming to Christ. Right. And like, for example, the word says, if somebody offends you, you go and apologize. Yes. Right. But sometimes we forget the character of God, that he is unchanging. Therefore, we revert back to ourselves. We're good to do that. Yeah. So it's important that we understand that when we're dependent on certain individuals, we need to make sure that their foundation is the word of God, because that's the only thing that doesn't change. And also being mindful that as people, we're still growing and becoming the spirit that we are like our father created in the likeness and in the image of God. And that until we get to that perfect state, we're going to fall sometimes. Yeah. We're going to fall short. And it's really important because there's this misconception that because God is perfect and now we're followers of him. Now the outsiders sometimes inside are looking for a perfection from us that we're working toward. Right. And it's important to understand that. And this is why we need God. Who is God? He is a God that is unchanging. And this is a good place to bring in this one scripture that I wanted to bring up. And I think that it's a very good place to bring this in because, again, God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday. He's um, the same today and forever. Um, and it's important that we understand that because a lot of times we don't realize that God is dependable. Yeah, He's dependable. dependable. Number 23, 19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And a lot of times... Because we don't understand the character of God. When we don't get what we want, we think God is not working. Right. He's not a genie. Yeah. And not only that, that God is going to fulfill his purpose in your life. But there's this misconception that just because you want it, that's what you get. And, and let me just throw this out there since we're talking. And I'm going to say this two times. There's this concept that God is in control. Yes, we know that God is sovereign. 
Yes, and we're going to we're going to look up these scriptures. We know that he's omnipotent and he's omniscient and he's omnipresent. Yes, we know that. And yes, God can make any change at any given time. He can do whatever he wants to do. But the reality of it is that he gave us a free will. So there's a responsibility that we have. Yeah. So yes, God can be in control, but he didn't make dummies. He didn't make robots. robots. He didn't make puppets. He gave us his word. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has proven that he is dependable. Therefore, based on his word is our responsibility to look to the God, the creator, the one that created us, and then determine what it what is his will for our lives. And it's an important fact to know. Because people a lot of times think just because something happened in their life, good or bad, it was God. No. We have a responsibility in this. You have free will. Choose this day whom you will serve. And if we say that we serve the God of the Bible, the creator of the heavens, the earth, and everything that within it exists, therefore we know that he requires something that we obey. If you love me, you will obey obey what I command. So it's really important that, like you said, opening, that we discuss who is the God of the Bible. Right. You know, not opinion. And you started with Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. Mm -hmm. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. He has has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through. A lot of times we don't know the promises of God. And then we, like you were saying a, a moment ago, we desire something that doesn't happen. And then we begin to blame God. But instead of blaming God, I want to encourage, um, I, I brought up Ephesians three eighteen, and it says, and, and may you have the power to understand all as God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love. May you experience the love of Christ through, through, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So instead of always pointing the finger, I want to encourage the listener to say, let me search out who God is. Because that is the glory of a king, being able to search out a matter. Mm. And in this, and in this, it being God, we have the ability now to search out the heart of God because he puts his spirit within us. And now that he puts his spirit within us, which is actually bringing us to our first scripture that we have put here, hey. John 4, 24, now that he has put his spirit within us, now we can speak to him directly. So the God of the Bible is, we, we started with, he is a creator. He doesn't change. So that makes him dependable. He's not lying. He's not changing his mind. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he'll be the same tomorrow. He, he was and he always will be. And he has created us, not, not saying they're weak, evil, but he's saying they're they're strong people. A lot of people say like a lot of people accomplish many things, but then he has given us the ability to say, let me 
put my accomplishments and everything to the side and begin to understand and begin to know who God is. And this is what we want to do as Christians. And this is what we want to do as believers, begin to understand who God is so we can better understand who we are. And in that understanding who God is, understanding that he is not man, that he shall lie. Jesus makes it clear. And when he made it clear, he, he, I think he was speaking to the woman at the well, correct? Um, John, John four, but he, he is telling him, he is telling, he is telling her who's, who's at a weak moment, who is sad, who is separated, who is being pushed aside, who is frowned upon by the Jews, by the people in her own community. We know because she was going to the well at a time where most women didn't go to the well at that time because of the, the heat of the day. So Jesus, God in the flesh comes to her and, and reveals exactly who he is. So it brings another amazing point that God is not looking for you to be perfect, but is looking for you to allow him to step into your life. To allow him to perfect you. That's it. And that's, that is good news. Mm, mm, that is good news. And that brings me to the, what we were talking about right before we started. I'm like, man, I thought this was such a good idea. Let's talk about God. But then I started like researching. I started looking. I started reading. I started praying. I'm like, this is bringing a lot of conviction because I'm like, man, who is God? Like that's, that's a, it's a, it's a broad tackle to broad subject to tackle. And Ephesians is making it clear, like search out the depth, the width, the height, the breadth of God, search it out. And so John 4, 24, he says, Jesus says to the woman at the well, God is spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Amen. Amen. So God is not like us. Better yet, God is exactly like us I because like he says, I made you in my image. So understanding who God is from this perspective allows us to go to who we actually are. God is spirit. And I like that you say that because the whole time that you're talking, I'm thinking God is spirit. And he found a way to come as a man. And then to take it a step further, he found a way to put his spirit in us. Right. Like we talked about last week in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Let us make man in our own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female created he them so that we are created in the perfect image of God. Yes. And we just saw that he is, he is not a human, but we're created in his image. You know, right now I'm sure that a lot of times people hear conversations like this and they're like, these people wilding. Right. But the reality of it is that this flesh is, is, it's getting, what's it's that decaying. word? Yeah, it's decaying. Like, this is it's not going to last. It's fading away. It's, it's a vapor. It's fleeting. Fleeting. Just like beauty, it's fleeting. But the real us is our spirit created in the image and likeness of God. But a lot of times, because we really do not know who God is, we like we talked about today, we concentrate on this flesh. We concentrate on this flesh. And this flesh is not really who we are. And we know that because God is spirit. That's how we know that. Yeah. Who is God? God is spirit. That talks about who we are. Invisible to the human eye. 
invisible. And a lot of times we cannot look past what we see in the mirror. We talked about that last week and look at how it connects so perfectly. How do we know that the person we see in the mirror is not really us? Simple. God is spirit. And he created us in his perfect image and likeness. Imagine that. But if we don't go to his word to really examine what his word says, um, to be open for him to reveal himself to us, for him to show us who he is, we will continue to walk around in darkness. Yeah. Because the reality of it is that there's many in the body of Christ walking in darkness. How can I say that? I said recently to somebody, you know, um, you can't be mad at somebody that acts a specific way because the word teaches us that are the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. Why would you be expecting anything but what's being spoken? And, and I said something like, you know, I, I can't get upset because it's evident that the person needs Jesus. And, and it was, the response was, how could you say they need Jesus? Like in other words, who are you to say that? It's real simple. The word of God says by the fruit, you will know them. And Jesus said that we're spirit. So because I'm spirit, like our heavenly father is spirit He said it. I didn't say that. In the spirit realm, we can see where that person is. Right. A lot of times we get so offended. We start using, why are you judging? Who you think you are? You ain't God. Let's go to the word of God. God is spirit. We're spirit. We see in the spirit. It's simple. It's so simple. It's like if we're looking at each other based on the flesh and we're looking at weight, right? Just by looking in the natural, I can see I'm too heavy, I'm not too heavy, you're too heavy, you're not too heavy, because I'm looking in the natural, what you could see. It's not being, you know, why are you judging? No, you can see. It's the same thing in the spirit. I have to say again, God is spirit. He is the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship him from the perspective of spirit. Right. What does that mean? Get out of yourself. Life in the spirit. Exactly. Death death to the flesh. Mm -mm -mm. And you can capitalize on what you were talking about today. When we come to him, if we don't get out of our flesh, how will we even be able to cross that threshold you cannot you can that is the that is the the purpose of god sending his spirit Mm-mm-mm. jesus sends his spirit and it says and and we die to the flesh we receive his spirit and we die to our flesh we literally and and i think it's paul he says focus on the invisible not on the visible mm-hmm. we train ourselves to see the visible like and this is what i was saying earlier about teenagers like i'm watching somebody just the presence of God is moving, but somebody's just over here eating and making food. And it's like, you can, you cannot detect what's happening in the spirit is because you think your, 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 your person is flesh. You think your person is this, this cage, but this is just a cage. You are spirit now, just like your heavenly father. And he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness. The only way you can seek first the kingdom of heaven, which is in your midst, it's undetectable by 
like by the things that we can feel and touch is detectable by what's going on in the spirit. So the, the sooner we begin to grasp or with, I don't want to say the sooner, the more we allow the Lord to transform our minds in this area, Lord, show me that I am spirit, just like you reveal to me what that means. And it's not for us to like pretend that we know it's for us to say, Lord, I've been living in this flesh for 33 years and now I'm, I've accepted you. I'm committed to you. I surrender to you. And I'm reading your word. I'm praying. Reveal your word to me, Lord. Reveal to me that I'm spirit just like you. Reveal to me that I'm made in your image. Reveal to me that when I'm attacked in the natural, that they're not attacking me. They're really attacking you. Mm. Because I'm your child, because I'm a part of you now. I am spirit, like because you are. and because you are in me. So they're not really attacking me; they're attacking you. Reveal to me, Lord, that I'm spirit, just like you, and that is going to allow us to cross over to the into the place of I'm not no longer getting offended. I'm and, no longer being hurt. And and it's important that this understanding um comes from the Lord. Because it's going to help us to grow in him. It is of utmost importance. And we have to come to the realization. And you know, a lot of times in order for the Lord to reveal something to you, you first have to have some type of visual. What do I mean by that? A lot of times we're praying for healing, let's say, right? And we're looking at, man, this is what's happening. I'm feeling like this or that, or this is that or that, you know, in the physical realm. But we have to realize that healing comes from where? The spirit. From the spirit realm. And until we get that initial understanding, we'll never be able to receive what he's trying to give us. Because we're still, like you were talking about the threshold. We're still trying to operate on the flesh side. Yes. And we're trying to access something that's in the spirit. It can be both. Yeah, we're, we're trying to filter. God is spirit. And we're trying to filter everything he is saying and doing through the flesh. And, and that's, that's being carnal minded. Everything has to be, come through the spirit. So when he's speaking to us, a lot of times people say, I don't hear God. What does God sound like? And all these they're trying to filter God's voice through the flesh. They're trying to say, like, I don't hear the decibels of God's voice. Can he speak in the natural realm? Yes. But we're trying to filter everything he's saying through, through our flesh. flesh. So it's it's keeping us barricaded from seeking out the kingdom of heaven. Because it's like, oh, there's healing coming. I feel this. I feel that. Instead of detecting what's happening in the spirit, what God is revealing to us in the spirit. This is like keeping us apart from the life that God is calling to. And is he faithful? He's faithful. He's faithful enough to say, I'm going to work through you despite you. But he's given us the opportunity to search him out. He's given us the opportunity to know him intimately. So to know him intimately, the only way you can know him intimately is allowing him to reveal to us that he is spirit and we are spirit and we are made in his image and in his likeness. And this flesh has been corrupted. So I no longer can depend on this body. The Can't flesh that. counts for nothing. And I live by the spirit. That's what the word of God teaches. 
So why do you, we keep saying the same thing over and over? Yes, because we cannot detect who God is in the natural realm. Has he, has he given us the trees and the air and, and life? And does it reveal him and reflect his glory? Absolutely. But then he's saying, I'm going to give you my spirit. And then you're going to be able to partner with me and work with me. And I'm going to be able to hold you. And I'm going to hold you in the shadow of my wing. What is that? That's in the spirit. He's not literally only walking up to us and just covering us. He's saying, I'm covering you. I'm always covering you. I am covering you in the spirit at all times, even when you don't see me or don't feel me. But you're going to be able, you're going to know that I am there because I'm spirit and you're spirit. And the way you're perceiving me is through, is not through the natural eye, but through the unseen realm. Amen. amen. And that is what gives us the ability to know who God is. Um, I have to go back to something that you said. You said this cage. Yes. The Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But as you're talking, I'm thinking our bodies, if we don't realize that the purpose of this temple is to house the Holy Spirit so that we can operate in this realm. Because spirits are persons without a body. In order for this person to work, they need a physical body. But if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to use us for the Father's will and we stay dependent on this temple, this temple can become like a cage that I'm stuck in here. Because my mind cannot be renewed to the reality that this temple is simply a housing for the spirit of God. Again, because a spirit without a body can operate. We're spirits. We need something that can allow us to operate in the natural realm. The earth is the natural realm, but we're spirit beings. We're eternal. We're not from this place. Yeah. And it takes me to God is a creator. And what does the word say in 2 Corinthians 5.17? We talked about this last week. It said that, When we accept Jesus, we become new creations. In some versions, it says we become new creatures. And I heard this apostle say that the word doesn't say we became new men. It said we became new creatures. Why? Because this is not our realm. Our realm is God's realm. Who is God? unseen world. That's right. Who is God? Again, spirit. And You said a little while ago, we believe this by faith. God is a God of faith. God is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's impossible to connect with that spirit without faith. So we have to like really come to the place where we move out of the natural and begin to see ourselves for who we really are. Yeah. And in order for us to be able to connect with God is a spirit, we need to be able to know that we're in his image. We're created in his image and it's spirit to spirit. In this flesh, we can't connect with God. 
That's why all this stuff that happens in the natural, you really, of course, God operates through our emotions and through our flesh. Sometimes you get goose pimples. Oh, I felt that. I felt chills and all that. Yeah, yeah, we call it pimples. (laughs) But, but, you know, a lot of times, and I'm not coming at that, you know, whatever it is, what it is. But the reality of it is that the spirit is invisible. Yeah. And in order for us to operate in that realm, we're going to have to get to the place that we are in agreement with the word of God. What does he say? What is it that he says about about us? And a lot of times we cannot get past this. Like you said, we have to realize like Genesis 1-1, he's the creator. If he's the creator, he gets to determine what is and what isn't. Right. He is. The, you're not the creator. So. We didn't make ourselves. Right. I just saw a video a little while ago. And this person, I'm just going to leave it like that, said, I believe in God and I wouldn't want to lie to God. And I feel like this. Therefore, I can't say that I'm not that because I'm the one that decides what we do not decide. Like what? And the girl that puts up the video says, that's a lie right there. Because the creator God determined in eternity and really in reality. She says, when God put you in your mother's womb, that's when God determined. No, in eternity. You already decided. The eternal God, the immortal God, immortal God, the invisible God, the creator God, father God decided in eternity who we are. So how does a person get up one day and say, oh, no, this is what I feel. This is what I am. Ah, lies. That's because that person doesn't understand who God is. Because when you understand who the God of the Bible is, you realize he's the creator. Right. He's the one that made you. You didn't make yourself. And even in the world, even in the world, the things that they do. You guys, let me see you create a a flower, like a real flower, not a paper flower, not a mache or whatever you call it. Let me see you create a real flower. Right. So go sit down somewhere. There's only one creator and his name is God. Which God? Elohim, Yahweh. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. (laughs) So, you know, it's important. He's eternal. That was 1 Timothy 1.17, by the way. Now to the king of the ages, eternal, immortal, immoral, invisible, invisible, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He is the king of the ages. He is the one that is eternal. And because we're created in his image and understand that we are his creation, whether we've accepted him or not. Yes. Therefore, a person that accepted Jesus or didn't accept Jesus because they are his creation, what are they? Eternal. So everybody will live eternally. Yeah. The question is, what is your destination? And that's a a conversation for another time. But we are all eternal because he's the creator and he created man in his image. And I know that that's redundant, but that's a foundation that a lot of times people don't even get. People don't even understand. Understand that he is our father. He is the creator and he is our father. Mike, I'm going to read 
Colossians 1.16, yeah. because it's an extremely um, important verse, and then I'm going to pass it to you. For by him, all things were created. This is Colossians 1.16. For by him, all things were created. By who? By God. All things were created by God. In heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible. That's what you were saying. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. That is by his activity and for himself. Imagine that. So it's important that we understand that it is God that created all things. We did not create ourselves. God, who is God? The creator. The creator. Capital C. Because I know last week I said something about creators and you said I don't remember. Something else, yeah. I don't remember. But <laughs> he is the creator. The one and only creator. That's right. That's right. Listen, he he the real G. All we all we all we doing here is trying to we're either coming in like an agreement with what he has created and what he has said, or we're trying to manipulate or pervert what he has already created and what he has already said. Wow. That um, was deep. We are like you said, we are all his creations. And so everything was created for him and by him, seen and unseen. That's something. Seen and unseen. Now, we don't want to, again, we don't want to focus on that which is seen. We want to focus on that which is unseen, the unseen world. And it's kind of like we were saying. We tell our kids, tie your shoe before you leave, fix your hair. Now, spiritually, what are we doing? Un the unseen world. We spend 15, 30, 45 minutes getting ready before we left the house on our scene. Now, how are we aligning with God before we leave our house on the unseen? Where is he bringing you? What is he saying? Where is he calling you to? What word does he have for you? What word does he have for someone else? How is he protecting you? What, what is his desire? Are we praying with our children before we leave? Are we praying before we leave in general? We're getting prepped up physically. Are we also getting prepped up spiritually? Uh, are we focusing on the unseen world? Because our life was not, our life is no longer our own. Our life belongs to him. And, and he, the thing is, when Adam sinned, we all fell short now. But because he sinned, all have been counted to sin. But because Jesus, we all have the opportunity now to come to him. He is calling all, all of us to him. And now that we come to him, or now that he calls our name and we hear him and we respond, we repent, he, we receive his spirit, and now we put away the, the deeds and the desires of the flesh to now live in the spirit, to now live according to the spirit and to obey the spirit, which leads to life and righteousness and holiness. And that's the life that we leave, live now. Um, I want to I wanna add this scripture, Matthew 6, 33. Um, I just, I, I can hear... You know, why Why are they talking about, like, the flesh is not important? We live in this flesh. We got to work. You know, we still got to blah, 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 blah. But the it's word, not your own. But no. it's not your own. And, and, and let me just add this. Matthew 6, 33. I hope I'm right. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. All of his righteousness. Let me say that again. Seek ye first, first your flesh. No. What you want. The unseen world. What you desire. The kingdom of What heaven. you prefer. 
Nah. The school that I want. The person I want to marry. The purse that I want to buy. Nah. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And then guess what's going to happen? Listen, he knows that we live in the flesh. He knows. He created us. But he says, seek me first. Then all other things will be added. But a lot of times we, we got say. got flip flop. Yeah. We say, seek ye first all of the additions. And then he's going to get at it. Right. We got it twisted, bro. We got it twisted. Oh, I said twisted and I thought of Leviathan. <laughs> twisting things around. But that was a sidebar. We must seek first the kingdom of heaven and then all other things will, will be, be added. added. And that's really important because I know we keep saying like, you know, almost I could hear somebody thinking we're downplaying the flesh, but we live in this world. Yes. But he never says the world first. But we are downplaying the flesh. Go ahead, Mike. Because we, we, we spend too much time listening to what our flesh wants. And it's keeping us separated from the life that God has called us you to. You mean caged? Yeah, caged in our own self. Yes. And then it's keeping us separated from where God is calling us to. Amen. And that's 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 one of the biggest issues that we're having as the body of Christ as to revealing who God is. A lot of times God is just like, I'm not going to really explain what who I am. What I'm going to do is reveal who I am. He says he does this a lot of times. I am. I exist. I was. I always will be. Okay, what does that mean? I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What did I do for them? That's who I am. And we're, we're busy focusing on what we want. But Romans, it brings us to the place where it's saying, no, you got to be transformed in view of God's mercy, in view of what he has done for you. Lay down your life just as he has laid down his life. Yeah, Romans 12. You, why do you lay down your life? Because Jesus already did. He counted the flesh as nothing and, and drank his cup and obeyed all the way until death. Mm -mm. Now you are supposed to do the same thing. So yeah, we are counting the flesh as nothing. Why? Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen. And I know this is a lot of words, but this is why this topic became so heavy. It's like we're speaking about God. He reveals to us that we're spirit first, just like him. And then he says, what are you doing? Are you revealing? Are you demonstrating who I am? Because I've given you my spirit. I don't just talk about me. I demonstrate me. I reveal myself to people. I don't just say, I'm the eternal God, thou shalt follow me. I do that, but then I reveal to you who I am and why you should follow me. Follow the gods of your father who had died in, in the wilderness or follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who has now survived and, and live in eternity with me. You choose and you decide who you will follow. And that's what we have to do. And now that we're discovering who God is more intimately, it, it shows us where we put our priorities in our own life. And it brings conviction and we want exactly. conviction because it, it, it brings us to the realization that because God is who God is and he demonstrates who he is now because we're children made in his likeness, we're spirit like him. Now it's our responsibility not to just talk about him, but to demonstrate who he is. To reveal his character. Because that's the only thing that's going to change people. People are already used to the okie doke. Right. Like enough words have been spoken. 
What are you going to do? How are you going to show me this God that you're trying to convince me is real? Yo, the rubber has met the road. Right. And, and, and society is calling out more and more. The world, all of creation is calling out more and more. And people are tired of being just the created people. That's right. They want to become the children of God. That's right. But they have nobody. And this is why, again, it was so convicting is like who will demonstrate the love of christ who would demonstrate the power of god who would demonstrate the risen lord like cleanse the lepers raise Mm. the dead heal the sick cast out demons cast out demons they will know you by the love that you have one for another you You will be in unity just as the father and I are one. You and I will be one Mm -hmm. and you guys will be one. Look at the church a lot of times. And don't get me wrong. I love the church. We are the bride of Christ, the unspotted bride of Christ. But the people, sometimes the congregation, we become became so fragmented. That's good. And it's 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 it doesn't represent God at all. It doesn't represent who he is. It's what it represents is a bunch of people living for their own desires and for their own flesh and trying to make a gain of something. You know, this is a perfect, a perfect segue because right there you were expressing the father. That's what you were expressing, having love for one another. Any parent knows the love that we have for our children. Um, Isaiah 68, 4 says, Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you our potter. And we are all the work of your hands. If God is the potter and we we are the clay, we are the work of his hands. He's the one that shapes us. He's the one that molds us. He is the father. He is the creator, the father. He deposits things in us. He is shaping us and molding us to look more and more like him. Our spirit man. Right? And that's a real important point. He's shaping and molding us, our spirit man. And I say us as our spirit man because that's what we really are. To become more and more like him. We are the work of his hands. It shows you and, and, you know, we have to take responsibility as leaders, but it shows you that the people in the congregations a lot of times have no clue because if you understood who your father is, you would see through his eyes and you would understand his love for his children. It it brings me to a testimony. You know, just recently, I had to apologize because a lot of times we only look thing, look at things from our perspective. And just because that's your view of something doesn't mean that's the next person's view of something. And I made an assumption that because I was suffering as a parent, you as a parent understand my suffering. So I was offensive from assuming that the other parent understood my pain, my plight. But then I began to realize that we are clay in the hands of the potter. 
And for some, no, let's go back. For all, he's still shaping us. He's still molding us. He's still removing. He's still putting things where they need to be. And I realized that was my plight, not their plight. You don't know what the father went through if it didn't happen to you. You can empathize and, oh man, I feel bad for you. But you can't sympathize unless you've been there. And that's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. Whatever's happening with His children, we have to become empathetic. That's the Father. Those are His children. If He's still patiently working things out in us, who are we to not be loving and kind and and forgiving and compassionate because that work is not completed. And this is why it's so important that we come to the place where we understand who God is. And a lot of times, because we are yet to understand who God is, sometimes we need to give each other space to grow. Because what happens when we don't have revelation about certain things within the body, what we end up doing is hurting each other. Because we're trying to create, and that's not our place. We're not the potters. We're simply clay. And there's only one that's molding us and shaping us. And what happens a lot of times, we allow people to mold us and shape us. And we try to mold and shape people. And what we end up doing is pushing them away. And a lot of times, that's what we do with the father. He's trying to shape us and mold us, but we want to tell tell him who I am. No, 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 God. That can't be God because I'm not going, mm -mm, mm -mm. I don't, I don't get down like that. I don't do that. Like, excuse you. Did you create yourself? Are you molding and shaping yourself? No, you're not. Let me help you. Therefore, we have to come to the place where who God is, is revealed. How? I'm just going to throw that in there. We have to go in his word. We have to come to his word humbly. We have to set set aside being stiff-necked, being stubborn. That was one of the biggest problems with the people of Israel. And the Bible says it. Look through the Pentateuch, through the first five books. They were Mm stiff-necked. God spoke to them. God gave them instruction. God told them what to do, but what they kept saying, nah, I want this God. Now, I don't want to serve you. I want to serve what I want to serve. Right. And I think I was talking to one of the kids that they were saying, you know, what is what is witchcraft? Because a lot of times people think, this is a sidebar, a lot of times people think that witchcraft, you have to have an actual physical statue and you're wor- worshiping. Right, bowing down, praying. No, but the, the word of God says that stubbornness is that's the sin of witchcraft. Because you're choosing not to submit and surrender to the will of the Father. And you're twisting things to be what you want them to be. No. God is the one that decides, determines. Our Heavenly Father is the one that decides. Therefore, because we're not the Heavenly Father, 
We have to be loving and kind. We have to literally walk in the gifts of the Spirit. We have to be patient. We have to be loving. We have to be gentle. We have to be kind. We have to be self-control. No, I by no means have totally mastered it. I am a work in progress Amen. every day of the week. I just snapped yesterday. Damn. Being shaped in, shaped like and straight up. But you know what? When you mess up, you have to be able to humbly come before your father. You need to stay sensitive. That when he tells you you're wrong, you pull yourself in right there. That you do not allow yourself in the flesh or the voice of the enemy to talk you out of. What the father's telling you to do. Or the voice of society or culture or your friends or your family. Or your boyfriend. That, well, of, or your spouse. The more we're able to begin to look in the mirror and say, close your eyes and be like, Lord, reveal to me who I am. Every day, Lord, reveal to me who I am in you. Reveal to me. Then the more his voice will begin to take precedence over every other voice. Excellent. Within... Or around us because it becomes a clear indication that's not who I am. They said this, they said that, but that's not who I am. Just like Jesus, they were saying all these different things about him hmm. and they were trying to discover who he is. And a lot of times people don't know who you are and what they're trying to do is trying to fit you into something to make them feel more feel better about who they are or to make you acceptable to them. And and the fact of the matter is your heavenly father has already accepted you. He has already did everything that needed to be done to bring you into his presence. The veil was torn. All we have to do <coughs> is surrender, ask him to cleanse us and walk right into the heavenly place with him. Walk right into the, the holy, the altar with him. Walk right into the the holies of holies with him and experience his presence where he's already at, where he's waiting for, for us. And so the more we're able to look into the mirror and say, this is not who I am. I am a child of the living God. I am spirit first. What does God say about me? Reveal to me, Lord, who I am. Then all the more those voices around us will become silent and we can begin to understand more and more and more who our father is. And that brings us to another point that God is, he's personal and he reveals, he says, my comforter, the spirit of truth will reveal the truth to you. So how can we know who God is without the Holy Spirit? We can have a bunch of definitions, but nothing, nothing revealed to our hearts and our minds, nothing revealed to our spirit. We cannot understand who God is without the spirit of God. We can, we can try to begin to see his works and put it into like a, a definition or a box or make it a characteristic of, but at the end of the day, we begin to know intimately who God is by the times we 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 interact with him. Mm-hmm. That's how we begin to know who he is. We read his word, he reveals his word. We read his word, we read his character, he reveals his character. That's how we begin to know who he is. The more intimately, not just like, 
hey, I'm Michael. I'm a construction worker. I love my family and I love Jesus. Okay, you've learned about me, but you don't know how I act. You don't know how I feel. You don't know how I respond. You don't know how I talk. You don't know the things I like to do. You don't know the, the things that make me upset, the things that make me smile. You don't know any of those things. Only the people who interact with me know more and more. And the more you interact with me, the more you will know of me. And it's the same thing with our father in heaven. God is spirit. And the more we interact with him, the more we give him space to move in our lives, the more we'll be able to understand who he is. Sorry, that was a little. No, no, that, that was that was excellent. Um, there's so many things that I, I really don't want to leave out. And I'm just going to run through a couple of things and then we'll talk about them individually. You know, we know according to the word that God is love. People love to say, um, say God is love, God is love. But we need to really look at that. Uh, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Um, that's definitely something. He's our savior. He is, we already said he was dependable. Um, these words that people love to use, and I would like to look at them through the scriptures. He's omnipotent, he's, he's omniscient, and he's omnipresent. That's really important. Listen, he's wonderful. He's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father, and he's the prince of peace. These are things that talk about who he is. He's the giver of life. He's our provider. He's deliverance. He is healing. He's Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. I mean, you know, it's really important that we get to the place that we understand his names. And we talked about this a little bit last week. I don't know if it was in church or it was on live, but a name is so important. It's so important. And we know that the Hebrew people were so strategic on the names that we picked, that they picked. And we see through the word of God that God has so many different names. And a lot of times people have so much negative things to say about that. But it's like at home, I might be wife or I might be mother. When I'm at church, I might be preacher. When I go to shopping, I'm a shopper. You know what I'm saying? When I'm swimming, I'm a swimmer. It's not that I'm bipolar. It's that you describe me according to who I am, what I'm doing, what I'm known for. God is the creator. So we have to come to the place where we understand that God is Jesus. God is the Holy Spirit. I know Leah said, are we going to talk, talk about the, the, uh, the Trinity? Triune God. The triune God. And I'm like, sometimes I don't even like to use the word Trinity because sometimes people's feathers get all ruffled. That's not in the Bible. Okay. Jesus, God, the Father, Holy Spirit is the same one. I, the Lord God, am one. And it's important that we understand that. But I learned early in this walk that the triune God gets revealed. Yeah. It gets revealed. There's a lot of people that are like, but how could that be? I don't really understand how. A spirit, again, is a person without a body. 
Father God, that is spirit, couldn't come and function in the earthly realm because he's a spirit. Who's going to see him? And he's so amazing that he said, hold on. Let me put myself right up in that little girl right over there, that young girl, that Mary chick, because I got her. I'm going to do this. She's going to do whatever I say. She's going to bring me into the picture. She's going to take me, lead me. She listens to me. She's going to obey. She but a lot of times, if that's not revealed, people don't understand. And then he left. What was the purpose? To leave us his spirit. Yep. And again, spirits need a place to do their thing. And that was us. So we're talking about who is God? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is God. And it's important that we understand that. He's our restorer. He is a God that restores. He's a restorer. He is the beginning. He is the end. And everything in between. Yep. Oh, well, if God created us, who created God? No, he is the beginning. He is the beginning. In beginnings, God. And we got to get to the place that we make a decision. The word of God stands by itself. People talk the most silly things. Oh, you can't believe what's in the Bible because a man wrote that book. Could you tell me which book was not written by man? Send it to me, please. <laughs> P.O. Box 77, Epsikin. Please send me the book that was not written by a man because I want to read it. But we believe them all. Mm -hmm. Even the ones that are just some, some far-fetched story. Oh, we believe it. Somebody wrote a book about jumping from an airplane. Oh, you believe it. Give me that parachute because that's what they said. Oh, Aristotle. Um, um, all these guys. Name these guys from way back in the day. Confucius. Socrates. Confusion. <laughs> Nobody has a problem with believing that they existed. Alexander the Great. All of the presidents and their moms and their wives. We don't have a problem believing any of that. So we have to come to the place where we believe God. Who is God? And stop falling for the okie doke of all these people that are talking a bunch of stuff that they don't know. This is, would this be a, a rampant? <laughs> nah, a tangent. It's nah. really a tangent. This is, it's important that we come to that place that we open up ourselves to the creator. And allow him to reveal himself. Let him do the work because I'm guaranteeing you, if you open yourself to him and you say, God, if you are who you say you are, let me see you. He's going to reveal himself. That's a definite. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. That's John 14, 6 through 7. Can you read that one, Mike? John 14, 6 through 7. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, mm -mm -mm. you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is not God. Yes. He just says, you do know him and now you have seen him. Is, is that, that scripture just so perfect to what we're talking about? Yep. And I like the way it says it. You read it in the NLT, right? I read it and don't know. 
amplified version. Yes, look at the amplified. Beloved, let us unselfishly. This is um I'm I'm reading First John four seven and eight, Leah. Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. Why do I why do I bring this up? Because we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we know, like Jesus said, if you have seen Jesus, you have seen me, the Father. But it's through personal experience. You're not going to have a personal experience if you're not seeking him out. Right. And thankfully, you know how you hear all of these testimonies of like Muslims, for example, Mm -hmm. that God showed up to them in the room because they're seeking something out. They're Muslims. They believe that God is one. And then God reveals himself to them. But understand that in order for you to get to the understanding of like Jesus himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you've seen me, you've seen him, you have to be open to a personal experience with him. Yeah. It's like, there's no other way. Yep. You know, we. this is, why do people think that this is like magic or something? Bro. Because it's not of this world. Truth. Truth, very true. And that's that's what makes our job as believers like extremely important to take the life that God has called us to seriously. Because a lot of people are not seeking out who God is. They want to know who God is, but they don't know where to start and they don't know where to go. They don't know. They just know what people have told them. And then our job is to come and allow God to speak through us to them. To demonstrate. To demonstrate his love that he may step up to them like a father and a provider and say, this is what this person has been needing. Let me provide for them by you doing this for them. Mm -mm. So it's like, we, we need to take serious the life God has called us to, because we are the, we are the way that God reveals himself. Now he put his spirit in us that we may declare his goodness, his glory, his faithfulness, his desires, he does that through us now. Mm-mm-mm. So God is spirit, and then he sends his Holy Spirit to live within us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives within us. His sons and his daughters. And I say that because he yeah. is the father. Yes. He's our heavenly father. As we read in Isaiah. Yes. He sent his spirit to his sons and his daughters so that we can fulfill the works of him who sent us. Yes. Same thing. Just, as just Jesus like did. Jesus. Just as Jesus did. A lot of times people have this concept that, you know, Jesus was God in the flesh. So that's why, no, Jesus had to receive the spirit just like us. Jesus hurt just like us. The word is clear. Everything that we go through, Jesus went through it. Yep. And still was without sin. Yep. We have to come to know God. And when we come to know God, the excuses will begin to be less. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think 
think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory, to the glory of, God. of the fa- God the Father. Mm, I love that scripture. So that right there, just in case you're wondering. So we must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And God, who is God? God is Jesus. Amen. It's clear there. If God was in Jesus, he, nobody will be bowing down to him. Nope. Every knee will not be confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's evident. We have to trust God, believe God, expect from God, cry out to God, open up to God, reveal to me who you are so that you can see that Jesus, God, and the Spirit is one. They're not three different gods, y'all. Amen. No, they're not. The Lord your God is one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image. There's, it's so clear. Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. One. The same thing um, Jesus said. The what exact. Is the, what is the greatest command? And he started with, Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. And it's important. It's important that we go to the scriptures. But, but this is a sidebar. And we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about who is God. But the reality of it is that unless you open your heart to be born again, to be transferred from darkness to light, this is, I'm sorry to say, this is not for you. Yeah. Like, I I don't know if that seems cruel or mean no, it is, or rude. It, but it's, it's God is spirit and the things of the spirit are understood by the spirit. So God is going to, all, all, we, all we are is our messengers. God is going to speak through us. And if he is pulling on your heart at, at any point, that's God trying to get your attention. That's our father in heaven revealing himself to you little by little. And it's tugging at your heart. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. That's why he's saying, open the door, because I stand and knock at the door. That, 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 is the, that is the thing. And that's why we as believers have to open our mouth, because it is, is, not, is, not for, is only for his children. The message is, is foolish and it's fleeting to all those who are, who are perishing. My goodness. But, but to those who will receive salvation, it is, it is the power unto salvation. So our job is to open up our mouths and declare the goodness of our Father in heaven. Declare his goodness. Declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died, that he rose, and he resurrected, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And then he sent his, his Holy Spirit to live and abide within us. And then through our demonstration of the gospel uh, and of the kingdom of heaven, they say, who is the God that you serve just as Nebuchadnezzar, just as when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, just as Pharaoh? They, who is the God that you serve just as the prostitute? 
who is the God that you serve? And then that's where we say, this is the God that I serve. And this is what he has done. And this is how he is calling you into his kingdom. But you have to be clothed in righteousness. And this is the robe that he wants to give you. And it has nothing to do with us. Not Everything nothing. to do with him. And I just want to say right here, right now, that if you're not sure, if you're listening to this podcast, wherever you're listening from, and you're not sure, listen, don't even worry about it. Because you're still here and you still have the opportunity to get it right. Just say, Jesus, I, I, I need to know that I'm right with you. Clean me. Purify me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I know that I've messed up. And I just thank you for what you did for people like me on the cross. What do I mean people like me? We are all sinners and we have been all been in need of a savior. Yep. A lot of times in church, in the congregations, I should say, a lot of people have been convinced that they're saved now, that they're Christians. And and I'm almost about to be done, but I, I'm really feeling pressed upon to, to have this conversation. A lot of times people in congregations have been convinced by someone that they're saved. And they're in frustration. They're living frustrate, frustrated. They cannot understand. Why can I see a change? Why can I feel God? Why can I understand the scriptures? Why can't, why aren't I like everybody else? Maybe someone convinced you of something. And when you accepted him, you didn't really believe. You didn't really want to. You just said the words. Listen, don't even worry about what happened yesterday, last year, last month, whatever. Just now, take the time, open up your heart to Jesus and ask him to come in. Tell him that you want him. Tell him that you want to be changed. Tell him that you want to be restored. Tell him that you want to be renewed. Tell him, I want to know you, God, the real God, the God of the Bible, because he wants you. If you're listening today and this is you, just open yourself up to Jesus right there, right where you are. Because a lot of times you opened up with this. We don't know where to turn. We don't know where to go. We don't know who to talk to. And, and a lot of times people have, have this already, like this conviction, like I want to serve God the right way. You know how many people I've spoken to that say, nah, like I I'm not ready because I, I don't want to be like in and out. That tells you that they have a heart to serve God. But somebody has, conv has convinced them that if you're not perfect, you ain't ready. If you're not doing this, this, and this. No. All of these other features into the life of Christ. No, he's the one that changes us. Listen, when you accept Jesus and you surrender your life to him, I guarantee you he's going to change you because he's perfect. And he's he a wonderful and he counselor. The author and the perfecter of our faith. Perfecter. Perfecter. He is the author. He's the author, the writer, and the perfecter. The one that makes our faith perfect. Perfect for what? For us to believe and be able to walk out what God wants us to walk out. And to be presented 
to the Father in heaven. Holy and blameless. Holy and pleasing. Unspotted. Unspotted. Unbelievable. Unbelievable what God has done already. He's the giver of life. That's what he came to do, to give us a new life, to make us new creatures, to make us, to restore us back to him. That's who God is. He's a restorer. He sent his son so that we can be restored back to him because we are his creation and he wants to be able to father us again. Yeah. God is so good. I love him so much. And I just want to leave you with these few scriptures and then Mike, you know, go ahead. Um, he's omnipotent. The scripture for that is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. God is omnipotent. He is the all-powerful one. Nothing is impossible for him. He's omnipresent. And omnipresent is having the quality of being everywhere at the same time. Psalm 139 expresses his omnipresence to such detail to how he can be everywhere at the same time. I would encourage you to take the time to read Psalm 139. I'm telling you, it will change you. It's important that we, you know, commit to his word. It's important that we trust his word. He's omniscient. I don't know if I read this scripture. Did we um go over Colossians 1.17? Yes. So he's also omniscient. So I encourage you, go to his word. Listen, he's a wonderful counselor. I think. I have to say that again. He's a mighty God. I think so. He's an everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. Did you say no? Yeah, we probably got to read it. Um, Colossians 1.17. Mike, can you read that? Colossians 1.17. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He, is, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. And he made the things we can see. And the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He holds all creation together. Christ is the, is the <clears throat> visible image of the invisible God. Say that again. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Your body is the visible image of the person who God created in eternity. My goodness. That is, who, my, that is my. the actual idea of who you are. My goodness. So what we see in the mirror and we're so focused, what did Jesus look like? Was he this color? Was he that color? Was his hair like this? Was his hair? It, he is the invisible God. That, that's who he really is. He says, because you have seen me, you now see the father. Mm-mm-mm. And that's where we have to come to. But he didn't say that right off the jump. He he wastes some time and he walks with them and he reveals to them his position. And they're like, you are the Messiah. And he's like, 
because you have seen me, you have actually seen the Father. My he is goodness, the, my the image of the invisible God. The visible image that is of the invisible God. That is so powerful. I, I'm really, I get so excited about Jesus because I know when we were coming on, we were both like, oh Lord, this is just so much. It's heavy. I don't, it's I, heavy. Like, how are we going to get through this? And of course, there's so much more to say. Like I said, this was just a few of the scriptures. Right. We're not I, even we're not even scratching the surface. No. Like you can have there can be like the theologians, they will go deep into the name of Yahweh and the different names. And Elohim. And, and they and they will go deep and deep. And there's plenty of of amazing preachers who will go further and further and further. But this is where the Lord brought us. And I'm happy this is where he brought us. He brought us into the place where God, to know the Lord, he has to be revealed to you. You have to seek him out. He is the creator. He has created you. He has knit you together in your mother's womb. And he knows all of all of your delicate parts. He knows every part about you. But the beauty of it is that he designed us to get to know every part about him. Oh, that's so good. So now that we get to know him, we start off with this place. God is spirit. Christ is the vi visible image of the invisible God. We are also spirit. And the person you see in the mirror is just, is actually just the image of the person he's actually trying to get you to actually know, which is the person he created in eternity. That's the part, that's the part of you that he actually knows and that he wants to make alive. And if he has made you alive and you have received his spirit, he wants you to focus on the invisible and not the visible. Therefore, the more we focus on the visible, we're counting our flesh as something worthy. And Jesus didn't count his own flesh as worthy. So us being imperfect have no place of counting our flesh as any type of worthy. That's why he gave up his flesh. He gave it up, so we give it up. And we depend 100% on his spirit. But the only way we can do that is by coming to know him, that we may fulfill the life that he has called us to, just as Jesus did. He drank his cup to the last, to the last drop. And he expects us to drink our cup to the last drop and to live the life that he has called us to, that is led by his spirit, even if it means counting our fleshly life as death, that we may be alive in the spirit. My goodness, my goodness, that was so fantastic. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna touch that. I'm gonna leave it right there. Lee, I'm just gonna ask you as you take us out, can you take us out with first John four, seven through eight in the amplified version? I would really, really love to leave it with God is love, and I would like to leave it with that scripture. So take us out, Leah. All righty then. All righty then. Okay, First John 4, 7 through 8, correct? All right, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Can you um read it in the Amplified? I'm sorry. Yeah, but... I can. Yes, please. <sighs> All right, well... If you guys have been enjoying the pod, make sure you guys are definitely commenting, liking, subscribing, all of the things. 
All right, I'm trying to pull this up in Amplified. She just hit me with the. Oh, it was in our list. Right under love. I read it, but that's not the Amplified, I don't think. No, it's it's right there, right under the one you read. I got it now. Beloved, beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For one or for love is from God, and everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love does has not come acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. He is the originator of love and is an enduring attribute of his nature. And it is an enduring attribute of his nature. Wow. That's deep. Wow. <laughs> That's really deep. The one who does not know love has not become acquainted with God. That's crazy. Yikes. That that's 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 and and the thing, he is the originator. Mm. He's the OG. Right. The, the actual OG. The it OG. just said it. OG of love. <laughs> so anything else. Love in any way outside of his word. It ain't love. It's not love. It's a counterfeit. Mm. Beware. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh that Lord. Was amazing. Uh all right, you got you guys. I'm good. Y'all feeling good? I'm yes, good. yes. Awesome. Uh, amazing. All right. I hope you guys uh really got something from this pod. We definitely went over a lot of different things. I think we we touched on a, a wide variety of, of who God is. And honestly, this can be a lifelong conversation because your whole life is just being re- like the Lord is continuing to reveal who he is to you. And just in the past year, I, I think God is someone totally different than when I first met him. So yep. I think it's a, a beautiful journey. And just, I think it's a very personal thing that you can ask the Lord, like, Lord, I want to know you more. Like, who are you to me? And just all of his names that he's he's uh, in the Old Testament that he's been revealing to the people or that he revealed to the people, they they just continue to add on. Even that he doesn't give himself different needs in the New Testament. And as we live now, we just see all the different ways that he's revealed to us now. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. But we thank you guys for joining into TGIFJ. Thank God I Follow Jesus podcast, where we encourage, inspire, and challenge you to deepen your walk with Christ and anchor your faith in the rock, the the hope of our salvation. Be sure to comment, like, subscribe, and share with a friend who might be blessed with this word. Have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday at 7 p.m. Bye.